Let's do it. Let's do it. You, 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 you're right, right. Rocking out with X360 FM. Your favorite radio station. Rocking all through the streets. Keeping on lock. It's X in effect. Full circle. Full circle. Failure, where we provide you with in-depth interviews with entrepreneurs on their struggles, victories, goals, and how they got started. We also give you the best tips, hacks, and information on sales, network marketing, credit, and mindset mastery. Now, here's your host, entrepreneur and author, Danny Cole. What's up, Stronger Nation? This is Danny Cole and Blake Barber. Bringing you another episode of Stronger Than Failure. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of the family. We love you. If it wasn't for you, we would not be here. So we appreciate you. And that's why we're going to have a great show today. I'm sure everyone, Blake, as you've heard, the pen is mightier than the sword, right? Yes, sir. I've heard that. Yes, sir. And on today's show, is going to be amazing. The pen, it's been used to write multi-million dollar deals. Helps people to buy their home, their dream home. And it's also been used for... Falling in love. The pen of hundreds of years has been used for people to fall in love, writing love letters, right? Wow. Well, on today's show, we're going to have Tim Cullen, who is one of the world-renowned handmade fountain pen makers. So it's going to be amazing. Can't wait. That butt, before we jump into the show, as always, as what's always. up with you, man? Man, just running, baby. Just running. Just running. You know, I've always said that the three, three ingredients to success are what? Hard work, network, and gratitude. So, Grant Cardone was saying just this morning, uh, your net worth is your network. So, that's why I'm running a little late, man. I was out there working on my network. Oh, so you have been out networking? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to share? You know, it was a really interesting dinner. I had one of those dinners, and they were, uh, it was this group, and they were talking about uh, options, non-traditional pain management stuff. Uh, hmm. Cannabis, actually, CBD. You know, yeah. it's all over the media right now. So, I got me a really good little two-hour in-service on that stuff tonight. So, yeah, I can't wait to share it with you. Yeah, I want to hear about that yeah. right there. I mean, right now it's getting legal in more and more states. Oh, my gosh, and it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, think, all right, more people, you know, drink and then they do smoke or whatever with cannabis, right? Me, personally, I think that alcohol should be illegal and weed should be legal. There's really, there's more benefits to it, the way I see it. Uh, our guest doesn't see it that way, but <laughs> well, there's also... The, no, 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 he's shaking his head. No, no, no. But you'll find out why he says that in a minute. <laughs> He's like, no, not at all. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the studies are out there, man. I mean, it, it's truly the, the, the things that they're using it for have been proven in studies and research. Yeah, so exactly I mean, it's, it's very with, successful. With Absolutely. a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So lots right. of information. Well, without further ado, we're going to jump into the show. Let's do it. Because we've got a great, I mean, this show is going to be epic, so I can't wait. I've been epic. talking to him. Epic. I've been talking to him a little bit before we came in and about what's going on, what he uses. And everyone, you're going to love it. We've got Tim Colin. He is owner of Hooligan, Georgia, and president and founding member of PAG. Tim has been making pens since 2011. As we talked earlier, he's made a roughly, give or take a little bit, about 1,000 handmade pens so far. Wow. Yeah. He specializes in historic pieces, works on a variety or works with a variety of natural materials, and he also hand engraves his pens, including his fountain pen nibs, I mean, which is a lot of detail and a lot of hours that go into it. And this is why you'll find out why he was shaking his head a second ago, no for the cannabis. <laughs> right. Tim is he's veteran of the US Army and spent twenty seven years as a law enforcement officer. Thank you so, for your service. Yeah, thank you for your service. Thank you. And Tim, man, welcome to the show, man. 
I'm not against cannabis. I'm just not for getting rid of alcohol. Oh, oh that's what it was. <laughs> okay, so I read that totally wrong. I love it. He's like, oh, we, we like alcohol too. <laughs> oh, this will be a good show. Let's oh, not, yeah. Let's not, let's not do that. Oh, Prohibition. Right. It's got a little crazy. So, well, let's have a mixture of both. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a balance. Sure. I don't mind. So, man, tell everybody what it is you do. Because, like I said, you're one of the world-renowned handmade fountain pen makers, which dude, blows me away. That is amazing. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. It's it's just like any other art or craft. I think um, I think that that making things in today's world is 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 not that common anymore. And to make something that's handmade, that's purely one of a kind is 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 one of the it's a gift you know it's a gift to be able to do that to bring to people i really love doing it um i love you know getting up every morning and thinking what am i going to make today you know and by the grace of god goes me i'm lucky because i can do that that is a blessing yes and you said you got you got your workshop at the house correct i do it's it, about 1,500 square feet right underneath my house in Canton, Georgia. Nice. That's a pretty big workshop. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's bigger than my shop in California, which we had previously discussed was about the size of a postage stamp. All right, now, I know, and it was kind of cool how you guys started. Let everybody know how you guys started with it, because this, this wasn't something you just set out to do. So, you know what? I like this. I'm going to do it. It's Well, you know, like I, I was telling you earlier, my father was a gunsmith. Um, craft has been in my family for years. Um you know, uh, being from a family that came from uh, Kentucky or Pennsylvania, you had to make a lot of your own things because you couldn't afford them. Um, so my dad made guns and he did furniture. So as I got older, I, I you know, I, I don't know if it was in, inherent or in my DNA, but I thought, man, I want to make furniture. So I went to furniture making school in Southern California. I took some classes. And the problem was is, you know, in California, if you want to shop, you got to have a lot of money. I mean, because yeah. square footage is at a premium. So in my garage at the time, I, I, I could only f use half of it because half of it was Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded funnier to me than it probably did to the viewers. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, I... I needed to make something. I needed to find something to keep my creativeness going, and I could make small items in the small space. Mm -hmm. And so, I wanted to come up with something that I could be really creative with. And I, you know, all of a sudden I started making pens, and it just kind of grew from there. Now, how, where the first idea for making a pen? Where'd that come from? You know, I started off just like a lot of custom pen makers. Is you know, I went to the wood store where I was known by all the people because I used to, you know, hang out there like it was Cheers, you know, the bar in Boston. Everybody's like, hey, oh, Tim! Tim again. <laughs> anyway, um, so I started out like everyone else. They, they, made, they made kits that you can turn a pen on a wood lathe mm -hmm. and then you can press fit them together. And they're fun. I mean, you, you, they, do, they send them over to people and... The soldiers in Iraq or, you know, they make them for, uh, you know, uh, giveaways and stuff like that. Some people really, they make them pretty ornate these days with all kinds of materials. But for me, it just wasn't enough. You know, I didn't want to take someone else's parts and put them with my wood or my plastic or something else. And immediately I started, oh my gosh, I have an idea. I think I'm going to jump on it and I'm going to take it further. And then I, you know, slowly but slowly I transitioned. I started buying more tools, 
metal lathes, mills, files, all kinds of things. Yeah, exactly. We talked earlier. Yeah. There's quite a bit of equipment that has to go into this and a lot of hours. I think at my level there is. I think, you know, there's, there's, you, you can make furniture with, with hand tools and a saw, or you can make it with, you know, all kinds of things. You can make the same goes with anything that you make. The more, more tools you have, the more you can put into it, you know. Um, like right now, I use two different lathes. I use one that does just my metal work and one that just does my uh, plastics and wood and things like that. And huh? I, you know, it's just, it, it becomes an obsession almost. <laughs> well, that's what passions are, though. Oh. Like me and Blake talk about all the time. It's, you know, whatever your, your passion is, what you're going to be successful at. And you pour all your time and energy into it, and you will be successful. Now, You've made about a thousand pins, or you know, give or take a little bit. You know, I don't want to. Yeah, uh-huh. it's hard to say, but I've made a lot. You've made a lot. Now you're a fan of. We talked outside. Now, what what's your, what is your favorite pin that you've made, and and why? <clears throat> I'm a I, at the time I'm, I'm a big fan of the color red, so I like red. But it seems to be that I make more purple pins than anything. But well, a pin I made a few years ago for a friend of mine, Marie Pusey. She lives in uh, South Carolina. It has a uh, Irish bog oak for the cap and red acrylic with a uh, sleeve of Damascus steel, handmade Damascus steel. Mm. And I really loved that pen. I don't know why. It just seemed to be a pen that I would want for myself. It's funny because I've made how many? I've said almost a thousand pens. Mm -hmm. How many pens do you think I own? One? One. Really? One pen. I'm going to play lottery now. I'm pretty good. (laughs) So can I ask, how long ago was it when you made your first pin or when you first started getting into this? Like I said, in the late, early 90s, I started doing woodworking schools and stuff and uh, started trying to make furniture. But the pin itself, when you you made that? I'm thinking around 2007, 8, 9, probably somewhere around in there when I started actually making pens. The so kit, roughly 10, 12 the, years. The kit pens, I, and then in around 2011 is when I started transitioning over to my own work. That's what I. That's why I used 2011. Yeah, that's when it was hand done, hand everything done from you. Everything from me, yeah. So just, just into eight years, and, and you've made these kind of, of uh, gains as far as when you said world-renowned. Yeah. So that's what I was just trying to get an idea of, you know, for the audience, is how, how long had it, has it taken you to get to where you are now? Well, there's a lot of hours of work in those eight years, you know, just like anyone, sure. you know, um, <clears throat> there's, you know, there's several hours of sitting, learning, you know, to do processes, learning to thread on a lathe, learning to, you know, bore things, learning to turn certain metals and how you turn them, learning to work with titanium, bronze, stainless, nickel, silver, you know, working with all types of metals, um, I took metal smithing classes and jewelers classes and casting classes over at the local colleges as well and uh, learned how to do all of those processes too. All in that eight years, I was on a mission basically sure. to try to learn as much as I can. Uh, a lot of it, I, I'll be honest, one of the best universities in the world is called YouTube U. Have you ever heard <laughs> of it? About that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Everything yeah. is on there. So like, Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's very fascinating. That, and that's something we've talked about a lot is, is continuing to educate yourself and continuing to learn mm-hmm. even after you've become, you know, financial where you are. 
And the cool thing, well, not to cut you off, but one like all the viewers and like let you know as well, because you don't know a lot of the background like him and I was catching up on. Like his pins are all over the world. You've got it's in the White House right now, correct? Different. No, well, this one here that I have here is is the one that they might be sending over to the White House or to the State Department. I work with a guy that does uh, historical stuff, and um, th that's one of my historic pens that I've made. That that particular pen was made from the wood from Theodore Roosevelt's estate in Sagamore Hill, Oyster Bay, New York. Yeah, one of the cool things, Blake, is like a lot of the woods that he gets, it's from, I mean, all these different, they're treasures, so to speak. It's, it's trees that's fallen at the White House. It's going to be yeah. wood from the Christmas story, the home that... that they filmed the movie in like yeah. like a couple of places that you've told you got the wood at and uh, the Shawshank Redemption. I, I got wood from the tree that was in that wow. movie. Oh yeah, okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So yeah, just for the audience, I'm, I'm holding one of these pins and it's it's I mean it's by far the most beautiful pin I've ever actually seen. Yeah, uh, it's 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 wood on one end and it's very ornate, decorative on the on the other. And, and my apologies for being ignorant on. Uh, don't worry, I'm ignorant on a lot of things myself. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the reason I like the historical pens, like we were talking earlier, is is there's always a story behind it. Um, I think stories sell. As you know, that's why people read books and watch movies yes. and memories. And, and I love working with historical things. Now, there's two types of pens you can make. One is historically significant, and the other one is culturally historically significant. Um, like if I were to make one out of the Shawshank Redemption. Right now I'm working on one. I was telling uh, Danny that uh, the wood from Christ Church in Oxford, England, that uh, they filmed some of the scenes of Harry Potter and that they used that hall as their, their hall. Not that particular hall, but it was a model of that that they made exact for the movie. So I'm making a pen to, to auction off to benefit the Orange County School of the Arts in Orange County, California. I do that every year. I've been doing that every year for about five years. Yeah, the cool thing, yeah, he makes all these pens handmade, gives them to these the people that are going to auction everything off, and they go for what, one, two, they go for a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, usually, oh, wow. usually. Uh, they, I did one for the Soraway Foundation that uh, was helping the people in Nepal when they had the earthquakes, and uh, that pen, I think, sold to one of the U.S. ambassadors, um, but that was used Independence Hall, and that was taken out of uh, Independence Hall when they did a refurbishing back in the 1800s, I believe, and you, that's a very difficult wood to find and get and to, to use. At my uh, current shop, I think I have, besides this, I have wood from Lincoln's Birthplace, from Ford's Theater. Oh, wow. Um, something to do with Franklin Roosevelt, where he planted a tree in Hawaii. Um, let me think what else. I have Independence Hall. And I have a bunch of sports stadiums. I'm known for doing that, too, like Wrigley Field back in the 1920s. I have Ebbets Field, Yankee Stadium. Fascinating. So do these, do your clients, do these organizations, do they seek you out? Sometimes they do. Um, and sometimes I'm working with a, a guy named Bob, Bob DiMartino. He owns the company of History Salvaged. And he goes out and finds these really high-end historic woods. And he has a group of artisans that he works with that does these. And this is that, that Teddy Roosevelt pen is one of them. And that pen will be, uh, he will take this pen and then he will show it to, you know, the Teddy Roosevelt people, the state. Because what he wants to do is he wants to get that, that work out there because these are historic artifacts. It's nice to give history a new life. 
because basically a lot of this wood that's come off there has come off during a renovation. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with it? So mm -hmm. turning it into something new gives it new life, a new story. Mm -hmm. um, now, is that is he is he is that how you, for lack of a better word, market yourself? Is is he doing that for you, or I guess I'm just trying to find out how people found out about you, how you got your reputation. Oh well, again. I, I, my my biggest uh, break was actually on Facebook, because there, Facebook is a, a place for you know you started out for, for you know just to find out where everybody is, but soon all these groups grew. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a ton of fountain pen groups on Facebook and on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I had made one of my first custom pens, and I posted it. Hey, I don't usually post my work. But I decided to post this today on Fountain Pen Network, which now is 25,000 people strong. Wow. The next thing you knew, I've been busy ever since. And what Amazing. he means by that right there is his waiting list, Blake, two years long. And he it could be longer, but he's just not wanting to add any more to it because it's already two years out. Fascinating. Two years. Two years. To wait for a pen. And again, like Tim, I know you work on several pens at a time. Like, how many hours goes in? I know there's going to depend upon the pen and what work, but roughly, how many hours goes into one handmade one of Tim Collins' pens? It would depend. It really would depend on the the level of craftsmanship I have to use to get it to the, like this one here with the overlay. This started out as a single sheet of flat nickel silver, and it was just uh, like you would get from any other metal store. And using a jeweler's saw, I had to saw all of it by hand. Yeah. You know, around every little leaf cranny or whatever leaf. Yeah. yeah. And by overlay, I would just let the audience know that the overlay, what he's talking about, is is it's it's wrapped in this. It's it, it, it can think of it as like almost like a bracelet, mm -hmm. where you would take the bracelet and you, as you pinch it together and solder it, it would make a tube, See. like a tube, right. but it, it's cut to a to. Uh, relieve areas where you don't need to show it right. so basically that's how i would explain it um and all that work takes several hours so once i cut all that out then i have to put my my engraving template on there what i'm basically it's just an, a, a, a it's hard to say it's it's like a a transfer mm -hmm. so to speak and then and that never works out right no <laughs> never transfers perfectly so a lot of it's freehand like the 26 was freehand i just i just couldn't get it the way i wanted it so i just went at it by myself and what he's talking about on top of the pin there he's got number 26 because it's a 26 president yeah. oh and look, okay. yeah and look the way it's written it's written really cool i like the way it's written yeah. and it's all hand done Beautiful. so this pen probably 50 60 hours maybe that's wow. working it every you know that's from design to all the way to finish yeah you know because you have to remember, everything is handmade. Mm -hmm. Everything I buy, you could go to any Home Depot or any wood store or any metal store, grab it off the shelf, and 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 you know take it and make that out of it. It's 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 funny to me that my pens. You could have made this same pen a hundred years ago because the same tools I use were same were around back then. How about that? So, and that's one of the things we're talking about outside, Blake, is, you know, everything's all hand done where a lot of people now that are making pens, they're kind of like a, a little mini manufacturing place where they can, they, what all they got, the um, CNC's, which is a computer, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the, the acronym means, I don't even know what any acronym means, I don't even know what acronym means. <laughs> we can find it on YouTube, don't worry. <laughs> but, uh, 
CNC and then the, the 3D printing thing is getting huge now. There's a guy in New York that does the, like 3D printed pens. And they're beautiful pieces of work. And make no mistake, I have no problem with anybody that, that does that as long as they represent them as what they are. Yeah. Don't re represent handwork as handwork when it's not all handwork. And, yeah. uh, I think I said hand too many times there. That's all right. We're, we're, you, you, know. you got a hand in this whole game, so you know it's okay. Uh, let's give you my hand. <laughs> oh, my, so get, my foot in my mouth. Wait, did I say foot? It's something different. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one, that's one thing I really appreciate about you and the quality of your work because it is all hand done. And you're putting 40, 50, 60 hours into each pen where people are paying. You know, there's a two-year waiting list, and people are wanting this craftsmanship from Tim Colin, which is amazing, man. So That's a high end for me. I mean, I could probably do one in 20 hours you know i'm slow I, I think i consider myself slow compared to other makers um but you know that's that's fine i mean if you want a piece of my work i guess you'll have to just wait for it and i'm not being rude or sarcastic no, yeah but that's just how it goes for me i'm a i, I maybe i'm a little bit of a uh you know a mad scientist down there but you want everything to be perfect yeah <laughs> i get it <laughs> so well, the show is a lot about, you know, the show is Stronger Than Fair. So we talk about the struggles and victories, and you've got a lot of victories. Mm -hmm. Now, what are some struggles, man? Like, what's the struggle you had in business, and how did you overcome it? You know, I think any time that you are an artist, the biggest problem, and I still struggle with it, is what to charge. I'm not a businessman, I'm, and, and my wife constantly has to remind me, hey, you know, you just spent this long on this. People love your work. You need to charge accordingly. My mentor and uh, friend, David Broadwell, too, he used to tell me all the time, you're just not charging enough for your work. But I'm always worried that I'm going to price myself right out of the market. So you have this duality going on, like you want people to have your work, but, you know, what's it worth? Yeah. You know, and I think that's the major problem I have to overcome. Um, and I, I don't know if I had any other struggles because, like I said, my me being found was kind of accidental you know i didn't i didn't pursue to uh become this world famous pen maker it just kind of happened but i was going to let it happen you know <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> yeah, and i wanted it you know yeah. i'm not going to say i didn't but i think the great thing about it is is that you know doing something that you love and you can make money at whether it's five dollars or a thousand dollars a pen or anything is is if it's a worthwhile venture and you love doing it it, it you know you put your passion into it your you, the results are is that you're happy right well said yeah and i was looking online earlier different pens and the prices of and like i told you uh, your pens are beautiful and Thank the you. the craftsmanship that's that it that it takes and what it looks like and mm -hmm. i was looking at pens online and there was i think the most expensive one right now is 1.4 million yeah. and then beneath that was like 700 something grand i mean they, they're very expensive and yours look better than a lot of those that i was looking at i mean no lie there are some very beautiful pens out there and i can't believe you know it's funny a pen is probably like your intro into the show it's probably one of the most misunderstood tangible items in the in, in in history you don't realize how much we take a pen for granted because everybody needs one but if you lose one in the sofa you don't care because you'll find another one yeah and you don't realize what a part it played in history you know it you're right when you said you know, it's done many things. It's it's personal. It's professional. It's historical. I mean, 
the signing of the armistice when the Japanese surrendered in 1945 was right there on a ship with a with a fountain pen. You know, that's the craziest thing to me. You know, and I actually had a piece of that wood from that ship that I made a pen from. Wow. So. Yeah. So all of his pens have stories and there's history, so that's what's really cool. And kind of going, you know, changing gears for a second there, because, again, you've achieved a lot of success. You've been doing this for a while, and you're great at it. Uh, and Blake and I talk about on the show, and just personalized, we always talk about habits. You know, your habits are what's going to determine your success. Mm-hmm. So what are, what's the habits do you have in your life right now that help you to achieve the level of success that you have? Like, what are your morning routine? Like, what do you do? Well, I usually get up. I get my wife off to work. She's an interior designer, uh, and a very so it's nice to have another artist, you know, because she can understand my, you know, my issues. <laughs> <laughs> that creative talent, yeah. And she's a she, she was an award winning interior designer, so she's she knows you know the whole process and what it's like to achieve a goal when it comes to creating something. So a lot of times she's talking me off the ledge. <laughs> but I get her off to work, and then I go up, and, you know, I have a little breakfast, and I watch the news, and then, you know, eventually I'll filter down, or to the, or if I'm not designing a pen near my, my iPad, but I'll filter down there, and I'll start looking on my bench and start looking around for something to do. Usually I'm so backed up that I have this pen that I have to get done right away and this pen that I have to get done right away because I have people waiting or something like that, but... You know, I just, I just, I try to, you know, when I'm, when I make a pen, I try to do it in processes and and steps, basically. Like I'll make the barrel sleeve, then I'll make the cap sleeve. So, you know, just like any other thing, you know, there's, there's, there's a way you do things. Now, I don't have anything written down, but I go in the steps and I go in the same steps all the time that I've been doing it for, you know, years now. You know, and then I'll thread the barrel and I'll thread the sleeve, the, 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 the cap. So it's just that that's pretty much in a day of life. But, you know, there's so much that goes into it. One day I could be engraving all day. The other day I could be sawing something out all day. You know, that's just it, it just depends on what's needed for the job. Gotcha. And so like daily, how many hours are you putting in? I'm curious. Sometimes I'll put as little as five, and sometimes I'll put as many as 12 or 13, maybe longer. Wow. You know, it just depends. Like, my wife will come home, and I'll still be down there. And Well, it's like you said earlier when you was preparing for the show. Well, you, you had the show today, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there, and you're downstairs working, working, working. Before you knew it, what, X amount of hours have passed by, and you realize it's 4 o'clock. You had to yeah, leave from Canton to get down here. I did. I was engraving th- this pen, this, this red one right here. Uh, he hasn't seen it. And I was engraving this one. And... Uh, yeah, look at the wood on that blade. It's, it's beautiful. Wow. I was in great. That's a, that's a moose antler on the uh, barrel, too. Oh, really? Well, the white stuff. So I was engraving that pen, and I was completely engulfed. And, you know, I take time out to post it on Facebook to see what people's reactions are. I, um, and post it on the various groups. But um, I was taking and engraving that all day and next thing i know i look up and it's like four something and i'm thinking oh my gosh i gotta get going that time time flies like when you're pouring yourself into whatever your craft is yeah time flies yeah you get into a zone and you just think wow you know time just goes by and you don't even realize it and the next thing you know you know it's time for dinner yeah what a blessing what a blessing it is to, to to love what you do so much i mean there's so many people out there that dread getting up and going to work and you're one of the precious few that 
loves it. Well, I think a lot of times what happens is I, I did the opposite first. Well, people will chase their dream first. And then, you know, if it doesn't, they can't achieve it, then, then they may lose that. What I did was I became financially stable with this financial, you know, stable job. And then I tried to work within my job to, to achieve my dream which I thought was a smarter idea. Sure. <laughs> I always, you know, and people do that all the time. I mean, I know people that, that make things on the side like knives or, mm -hmm. you know, my brother does surfboards. He's a, he's a diesel mechanic, but he makes surfboards for world-class surfers. That's cool, California. too. How about that? Now, let's see here. Well, real quick, we've got, we've only got a minute and a half. Now, I know you got a two-year waiting Mm -hmm. But how can people reach out to you? Like, what's the Facebook page where they can come and look at your work? And just if they've got, however they want to get in contact with you, if they want to get on a two-year-plus waiting list, could they? Or just what could they do? Right now, I haven't been taking many commissions because of that, um, because of my wait list. Um, it would have to be something really, really exciting and special. But you can see my work at Hooligan Georgia on Facebook, Facebook, or you can go to Tim Cullen on Facebook or Instagram and friend me. I usually friend most people, most people that are wanting to see my work. I will be getting a website pretty soon here, though, right. um, within the next six months. So. Uh, you can start seeing more of my work on the internet. That'll be cool. All right, it's time to start winding down. But real quick, what is what is your definition of success, Tim? Success is you know what makes you happy. You know I don't think money is success. I think success is what makes you happy, what makes your dreams come true. And I think finally I'm living my dream. So I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't care if I ever make another dime, but it'd be nice to. Oh, yeah. Make another dime, another million, you know, whatever. But as long as you're following your passion yes. and your dream, and, and success is based upon happiness, and that's yeah. where you're at. So, dude, I love it. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And remember, no matter what you're going through, you are stronger than failure. Stronger Than Failure, where we provide you with in-depth interviews with entrepreneurs on their struggles, victories, goals, and how they got started. We also give you the best tips, hacks, and information on sales, network marketing, credit, and mindset mastery. Entrepreneur and author, Danny Cole. Stronger Than Failure.